Out in the corporate world, there's a movement building, a landscape shift of tectonic proportions. Five years ago, it was barely perceptible, but today, visible signs are everywhere. Jaded office workers are heading for the exits, desperate to leave the rat race and start working on their terms. G'day, it's Peter, and welcome to Office Anywhere, a podcast about working and living on your terms, whether that's cutting coat on the deck of a Balinese villa, crafting ad copy from a cafe in Portland, Oregon, or building websites from a home office in Melbourne, Australia. If you've had enough of the daily commute and the limitations that working in an office imposes, or you're already working remotely, but you want to explore some of the doors that it opens for you, then this is the podcast for you. To learn more about Office Anywhere, just go to officeanywhere.co. The dismantling of the Industrial Revolution is now in full swing, with remote workers taking a bigger share of the employment dollar. Meanwhile, freelancers, solopreneurs and gig workers are filling the gaps and creating a lifestyle that many people would envy. For others, like myself, the Industrial Revolution ended a long time ago. As a web designer, marketer and writer, I can work from just about anywhere, so long as there's an electrical socket and stable internet. Many of my contemporaries are in the same position, and some have even followed suit. They wouldn't return to their cubicles if their mother-in-law's life depended on it. Well, maybe that's a bad analogy. If their mother's life depended on it. Regardless, the game has changed. Where once employees were judged on attendance, they're now valued for their contribution. Not everywhere, but the word is spreading. Whether it happens from a home office, a city tower, or a park bench is really irrelevant. Contribution, engagement, creativity, and results. These are the new metrics that really matter. Today, there's also a lot of chatter about side hustles and online business. I do both, so I'm certainly a fan. Bloggers, YouTubers, and social media mavens point to their awesome lifestyle and say, you can have this too. Shopify, Amazon, and eBay tell you to start selling stuff, while dropshippers, SEO purveyors, and social media experts suggest that you're only $997 away from running your own show, after you purchase their course, of course. The laptop lifestyle is a powerful metaphor, there's no doubt, and its lure is very seductive, so seductive that it's easy to ignore our personal reality and believe the promise of easy money and a stress-free life. But what if none of this appeals to you? Or what if it does, but you just don't have the time? What if you love your job, but you hate commuting? What if you desperately want to see your kids for more than 10 minutes in the morning and an hour before bedtime? What if you just want to keep doing your job, but do it differently, do it on your terms? Is it possible? Can it work? Well, the answer, depending, of course, on the type of job you have, is a resounding yes. In fact, the question isn't, can I do this? The real question is, how do I make this happen? As someone who's worked from home and dozens of other locations around the country for nearly two decades, the process for me was actually really simple. 95% of my work was, and still is, in front of a computer, most of it online. Back in the late 90s, though, um, I asked my boss to let me try working from home sometimes, and fortunately for me, he said yes. Over time, I just did it more frequently. As some of you will know, I then left that company in pursuit of a bigger paycheck, and when I returned with my tail between my legs, my gracious boss asked me that fateful question. Okay, so do you want to come back on the payroll and work in the office, or would you rather work from home and just send us a bill each month? So for me, it was kind of easy, and really, it shouldn't be much harder for many of you. If you're anchored to a computer or a phone all day, well, there's little to stop you doing it 
at a home office or a cafe or a nice park somewhere. The mechanics of it aren't that complicated. What makes it tough is developing the systems and practices to guarantee productivity, engagement with your team, accountability and trust. What throws employers off are old metrics around value and visibility. If their staff aren't visible, how do they know they're getting value? If they can't stroll around to their desk and witness someone looking busy, then what are they paying them for? Who's to say that their remote worker system analyst isn't watching Netflix and eating vintage cheddar all day? Well, the short answer is they don't, but their work will know. Their output will reflect it. If they're not delivering the outcomes that each party agreed to, it'll soon become obvious. However, if they're delivering what the company needs, it doesn't matter how much dairy they consume. Go eat cheese, I say. Now, there are a number of concerns and fears around working from home. I get that. There are two main elements at play here. First, your employer is concerned about the risks. Now, these risks might include things like, will you spend all day in front of the TV or the fridge and get nothing done? Will you secretly go and work for the competitor? Will you be harder to reach? Will you stop engaging with the other team members? And will you be accountable and transparent with your work? All of these need to be addressed, and the thing is they can be. The payoff for your employer is no less significant than yours, so you'll be doing them a favour by helping to address them. The second element, though, is you. Despite the tantalising prospect of working in your jammies with awful bed hair, you probably have your own fears about this arrangement, and these might include things like staying disciplined and resisting temptation to you know, just flake off for the day. Uh, separating your work time from family time because, you know, if you're working from home, it's often difficult to define the boundaries there. Uh, physically separating your work area from the rest of your house. And that, of course, is a way of mitigating that problem. Another big fear is becoming forgotten in the company because if you're out of sight, well, then maybe you're out of mind as well. And another one is losing status within the old corporate construct. All of these concerns are solvable and I believe worth solving. So, in other episodes on the podcast and on the blog at officeanywhere.co, we'll go into more detail about the tools, the practices, and the strategies that you can employ to make this life a reality. If you can work from home, but keep your day job, well, then you get the best of both worlds. You get certainty with flexibility. You get a regular income and a place to contribute and make a difference. And you get to live a bit more too. There are really no losers in this equation. So to get a head start on this, what I recommend you do is just scroll down to the blog post that goes along with this episode. You'll find it at officeanywhere.co slash 77. Scroll down to the bottom and download a copy of the Work Anywhere Trial Guide, Six Steps to Working and Living on Your Terms. This will give you a good framework to understand the steps that you really need to go through to effectively address this issue of doing your job, but on your terms in a remote location, more often than not from home. Anyway, that's it for me for this week. Thanks again for hanging out with me. Uh, If you want to read the notes that go along with this post and follow through any of the links that I might have mentioned, I don't think I did mention any links in this post. No, I didn't. But if you'd rather read it than uh, listen to it or just come back and refresh uh, on this po- on this episode, just go to officeanywhere.co slash 77. And until next week, here's to working and living on your terms. I'll catch you then. See ya.